Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where you get a guaranteed return on investment of your time as we cut your learning curve with the information you can apply to your farming operation immediately for greater yields and more profit. This episode is brought to you by ADS, Advanced Drainage Systems. Soil, sunlight, and water are the three most important resources in crop production. Let ADS help manage your water resource in a productive and sustainable manner. Advanced Drainage Systems, their reason is water. Now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Welcome, greetings to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve, a content uh, that we put on video and audio. We used to call it a podcast, but the reality is it's so much more than that. It's, it's information you can use on your farm to shorten your learning curve. It's video, it's audio, however you want it, because the point is we just want you to take this information and use it and apply it to shorten your own learning curve. Give us a few minutes of your time and we'll save you days, weeks, months, even years, because we have farmers and experts in the industry that have made the mistakes. They've seen the acres. They know this because they've done it. And then you can learn from their mistakes. Got Kelly Garrett. He is uh, a principal of Garrett Land and Cattle in Western Iowa. And we, he's also a founder of Extreme Ag. And we have with us my buddy, Tommy Roach. Tommy Roach is the VP of Product Development and Technical Services at Nature's. He has seen a lot of acres. And so what we're going to talk about in this episode is when you discover a problem and you know it's a problem, but you don't know exactly what caused it, how you go about then ascertaining all the information to say, here's what it is. You know, there's a little bit of CSI out here in farming. You say, man, that product's not performing. That field's not performing. What the heck's happening here and why is it not performing? And that's what we're talking about today. Kelly, explain what you came across a week or so ago and then we're going to talk about how we've got to the bottom of it. So two weeks ago, I was looking in one of my contest fields and I was very excited. Every plant had a nice ear, about 80% of the, about 80% of the plants had two ears and about three fourths of those second ears were pollinated. So I was very excited for the potential I saw Tommy, of course, with his uh, fertilizers and things has been quite involved in uh, in these contest fields and the research and development that goes on there. And we we're talking about how excited I was a week later, we go back out, we're scouting again. And the days this week in between here, between the two scouting sessions, uh, you know, some of that smoke from the Canadian Rockies had blow, blown in. It was hazy. There was a lot of 106 degree uh, heat indexes, uh, very hot. We go back out there and we had, we, the irrigation had been running. I had in that two weeks, I probably gave it an inch and a half of water in that week period. Um, we made a couple other wide drop applications. I go back out there. The second year has gone. The uh, stock has cannibalized it. And the first year is already dented, which means, you know, I mean, we can still help it. We can still put some starch in it and add weight and things like that. But uh, this corn has stopped moving forward. And oh, what an astonishment it was after the previous week and being so excited. And I just didn't know what to say. You know, we have taken uh, tissue samples. We actually, we took the whole plan out, Damien, and we took all the leaves off and sent it in as one tissue sample. We took the stock, we cut it into thirds and sent in those three tissue samples to see what was in the plant. And then we took, also took soil samples. And 
the tissue samples came back balanced. So we don't feel that we made a fertilizer mistake or, or an application mistake. And a couple of days ago, I was talking with Tommy and asked him what he thought, what I, what he thought was the problem. And I, I guess I agree with his assessment. Okay. So what I'm wondering here is there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, oh yeah. And I, get, and I think every farmer that's either like, man, I remember, and of course, if you just stay in your pickup truck and go 50 miles an hour faster, you don't see these problems, you know, the plant looks good. What the heck? But if you actually say, no, we're not just doing a windshield analysis. We're going to actually get in there and, and, and touch this product and see and, and touch this plant and see what the hell we're talking about. And you did that. And it's like, wait a minute, something has gone haywire. And you, you went to your first idea was, just moisture, right? Cause you said, okay, but I am irrigating it. And then the other one is tissue sampling, which we've done episodes about the need to tissue nope. sample, not enough farmers tissue sample. You nope. can, you can find a lot of health issues by then breaking down the tissue and saying, Oh man, we didn't realize we were deficient, but you come back with tissue samples and say, no, you got no problems, right? Exactly. And right. I, that was almost a disappointment because You'd have rather found out. You'd have rather found out that you'd rather been able to say you'd have been happier if you just said, damn it, I missed my sulfur application or something like that. The tissue sample came back and it showed the plant was in balance. So that was a kind of a head scratcher and almost a little disappointing because I wanted to know, I really want to know what is the problem here. So, you know, on a phone call with Tommy, we, you know, we kicked it around and tried to decide uh, what, what's going on here. And, and Tommy's assessment is one that I agree with. All right, Mr. Professor Roach, you are, uh, you see a lot of acres, you see a whole bunch of acres. And then there's this time of year, by the way, we record, we are recording this at the end of August, which when Kelly stated that he, he scouted this corn two weeks ago, that's about the time in the upper central corn belt, you'd say, mid-August, I'm checking things out because I'm going to start counting my money. I'm going to start looking and saying, man, you know, the combines are going to be rolling here another four to six weeks. Woo, baby. You get calls from people like us up here in this part of the world this time of year saying, what in the hell is going on, Professor Roach? Give it to me. Well, with his, with his particular instance, so there's things that you do during the year that you basically have a checklist. And I think in, in, in this case, we checked all the boxes, you know, starting at, you know, soil test in the fall, uh, fall fertility, you know, checking the planter, make sure it's all set right, choosing the right hybrids, the right genetics for this field, infer fertility, foliar fertility, sidra. I mean, we've, we've checked all the boxes, insecticide, herbicide, fungicide, we've done everything. So one thing that you can't control is of course the environment you can't control temperature you can't control humidity and you can't control topography of of the field so in this particular field um it it's in a bottom and it has hill hills on one side timbers on the other side so it basically is setting in i don't know if the wind was blowing over this time period but it's setting down at the bottom and if you took a fit guy, maybe not like me, maybe like Kelly, and you went to the sauna and you went there one day, okay, you come out looking pretty good. 
If you do that for seven days and increase the amount of time you're in that sauna, you come out looking like a, a whipped, a wet cat. And I think that's basically what happened in this field. It just, it just roasts over a period of time that couldn't do anything about it. I don't, you put more water to it, you, you can't keep up. You put nutrition to it, it's still not going to keep up. It was just a, a matter of heat, humidity, no wind, and it just dropped it. I'd like to point out to the listener and the viewer that I didn't request that he put an image of Kelly Garrett in a Turkish bath in our heads, because I think that's sort of disturbing to now have that image. Uh, but that would probably draw a lot of female viewers, actually. And we're going to probably boost our female viewer and listenership for this. What I'm wondering here then is, did you go straight to that? Or did you make sure you did? I mean, Mr. CSI here, Professor Roach, you said, okay, let's look at all the analytics and nothing else. What if there's still something missing? Are you, I mean, what if it's like not just the sauna thing? Is there, is there any doubt in your head it was the sauna effect and not something else? Well, no. There's I mean, a lot of moving parts. Even in, even in chemistry, you always want to have an answer. I mean, that's, that's what we always want to know. What, what happened? What was the cause of it? And how do we correct it? But uh, a lot of times in, in, fertil in the fertilizer world and in, in chemistry, things happen that you can't explain. And I think in this case, um, things happen that we, we may not be able to explain it. So we've tried our best. All right. You know, we had the water running so we could take that out. You know, if, it, if the irrigation hadn't been there running, you could say, well, maybe we could have saved it if the irrigation would have been going, it was going, we took the tissue samples and the, uh, the plant is in balance. I, I feel this is the only thing left. Yeah. You know, we made a lot of different applications of products and some of them were new things, new stuff that we were quite unsure about, but we were trying to keep the plant in balance and the tissue sample shows we did. So too many GDUs, just too hot and the corn matured too Hold up the hold up the ear, by the way. For those of you that are listening, I encourage you to go and check this episode out as a as a video. And and you're saying, well, it doesn't look bad. The only problem is it's that way prematurely. It's not bad that you that you prematurely it's not bad to dry down, obviously. And if it if your crop came due at the end of August and was at 19% moisture, you'd say, yippee, it spreads out my labor. I'll just start shelling this corn, you know, three, four weeks early, right? The problem is it didn't give you the yield. It shut down before it was done, right? right. Yeah, and I mean, this year is quite heavy. This is good corn, but in this field, we're trying to set the state record. Yeah. And for this corn to dent like this, this is not what we wanted. You know, it shut down too soon. Yeah, it shut down. It shut down the plant. Shut down too soon. You know, stop growing too soon. So it's like, yeah, you look at uh, you look at this thing. You're like, it doesn't look like a bad year of corn. And what the heck? If it means I'm harvesting earlier and spreads out my labor, that's okay. But not if it takes you back to, you know, thirty bushel an acre, forty. What is your estimate on what's going to take out of that field? Eighty bushel. Eighty bushels per acre is your estimate. What do you you got an estimate, Tommy? His estimate. 80 bushels per acre on what was going to be a record field. And so that field now just becomes your basic, uh, your basic crop field. Well, you know, I was hoping for this corn, well, I was hoping for this corn to be over 400, but you know, that's a pretty lofty goal. I would say 
you know, this court could come in at about 300 bushel. And I was hoping for a lot more than that. Uh, when you go about this, you're better at it now than you were 10 years ago. 10 years ago, you just said, I don't know, probably didn't have this. The checks and the checks in your mind, you started with all the stuff. Is there anything you've added in the last couple of years when you see a problem that now you're like, you know what else it could be that five years ago you wouldn't have even considered was one of the deficiencies, one of the problems? Oh, yeah. The, the level of education and knowledge experience that I received since my first year of irrigation in 16, that's when we start taking tissue samples. And that's when we started paying attention, more intensive management. That's when I tried to start doing better instead of more. So uh, leaps and bounds. It's a person need to know, Tommy, that's out here doing a little investigation. They're out there scouting their fields and they see a problem. What's the advice you give them when they're scouting and they see a problem? Just run down your checklist. Okay. Could it be this? Could it be that? I mean, everybody has a mental checklist of what they, what they've done and what they have to do to get to harvest. So you just run down your checklist. Run down your checklist. I think you should even print one off, to be honest with you, because sometimes we forget all of our checklists. Kelly, what'd you learn from this? That uh, sometimes Mother Nature is still in charge. You know, uh, this is an irrigated field. I'm trying to set the state record it's held by Francis Childs in 02. And I've had people tell me that it is more impressive what Francis did on dry land than what I am doing under irrigation, uh, which is true. However, if we run down the checklist of technological advances that we have at our disposal at our disposal today that Francis didn't have in 2002, 2003, I don't know that irrigation is necessarily the one we want to pick on. I think there's so many more. The fertilizer that we can get from Tommy, the uh, fungicide, the insecticide, the, the planter advances, the mechanical advances, um, water is awfully important. But Mother Nature is still in charge, and there are years where we have too much rain, and then we don't have enough sunlight. And, you know, we just came out of a four- or five-year period like that since about 2017. And, and now this year, we didn't have as much rain. Obviously, a lot of the country's in a bit of a drought. You would think that with irrigation, I could really blow the top off this. But now here we come with too much heat, and it matured too fast. It, it's no easy task to do what Francis Childs did, and here's a good example of why. Yeah, dead on. I think we're going to leave it right there. We're talking about discovering a problem this year. It happened to be corn maturation happening ahead of schedule, and it could be something because we always are out here looking and saying, man, looks like we've got a little problem in this field. His name is Tommy Roach with Nature's. Uh, the farmer's name is Kelly Garrett. He's the co-founder of Extreme Ag, which brings you cutting the curve. That's right. Videos and audios. Uh, that are designed to help you up your farming game by shortening your learning curve. My name is Damian Mason. Go to extremeag.farm for more wonderful content like this, stuff that you can listen to or watch to up your farming game. If you'd like to up your farming game to the, take it to the next level, you can become a member. That's right. For a small amount of money, you can join and you'll get even more exclusive content and have exclusive uh, opportunities to meet with the six founders of Extreme Ag. You'll have a direct line to them when you want to experiment with something, you can get a hold of them. So go to extremeag.farm and very much you should consider, I'm encouraging you to become a paying member. It doesn't cost a whole heck of a lot. And you know what? Spread it over all those acres and all that knowledge you're going to get. It's like pennies. It's like pennies. Trust me. Till next time, it's Cutting the Curve. That's a wrap for this episode of Cutting the Curve. But there's plenty more. 
Check out ExtremeAg.farm, where you can find past episodes, instructional videos, and articles to help you squeeze more profit out of your farm. Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Advanced Drainage Systems, the leader in agriculture water management solutions.